So Tom, would you mind talking us through a bit of your background and experience in information security first and foremost? So I've had quite a lot of experience um, in IT in general, so I've got about 12 years total experience, um, five in a specific security area. Um, I originally started out my kind of, I suppose my career in IT working in software development. So I was very much, you know, at the forefront developing new services, working with, you know, uh, customers, users, taking business requirements, you know, in, in developing systems. I kind of realized, you know, early on that perhaps kind of security was, you know, I suppose my passion, the thing I wanted to do. And I was actually inspired by an, an IT security uh, architecture job I saw. So I actually decided to go and do a degree in information security. So off I went, did my degree, and then kind of got my first job in IT security five years ago. The big thing for me when I, you know, took on that, that role was the, the massive difference between the theory and the practical. I mean, one of the analogies I like, you know, people talk about you can read all the recipe books you want on cooking, but until you actually, you know, come to the oven or the cooker and actually go to make something, that's when kind of the measure of the professional kind of comes out, and that's when the real learning's done. I was able to kind of, with my past previous, you know, experience as a developer, kind of really uh, engage well with development teams, you know, talking about kind of different risks and how you might manage those, um, and really helping the guys to understand the problems they were facing and how they might go about facing them. Uh, often the guys, you know, the people building systems aren't the ones that are responsible for running it long term. So, yeah, my, my experience is, is very much in kind of a development and building systems from the ground up. And how, how has that um, influenced your decision to create or to write the book um, Information Security, A Practical Guide? During my studies, I read quite a lot of books, um, you know, all sorts of theoretical books, um, talking about, you know, different kind of security models, um, you know, how, how you would implement certain security controls. But I, I never come across a book that said, you know, look, this is what you need to go and do. These are the sorts of things you need to do. This is what you have to kind of, these are the tasks you need to undertake to make it happen. You know, there wasn't a book that I ever read and put down and thought, do you know what, tomorrow I'm going to do, exact, you know, do exactly what that book's described. Um, the problem you, I always had, you know, and I was kind of found was taking that theory and putting it into practice. And that's where I think there's kind of, you know, that was my reason for writing the book. That's where I kind of think there's a gap in the market. There's a lot of kind of talk of good practice, you know, um, there's a lot of good qualifications out there, um, for example, CISP, but they're all very theoretical. When you read different books on the matter, they're, they're always kind of, I suppose, away from the coal face, you might say. So I really wanted to write some, you know, a book, some advice, some guidance on something a reader could read. You know, maybe just one chapter, put the book down and be like, right, you know, when I go into my job tomorrow, I'm going to do what that chapter's described. You know, and, you know, I believe if you... If you follow kind of you know what you know, the advice being given in each chapter, you're going to be a lot better at your you know your job. You're going to be able to engage your peers a lot better. You know you're going to be able to start adding value. You know doing things that actually improve the way you do information security wherever you're based. And is it that relatable experience and um, initial basic approach to information security? In the book, you then progress into more complex issues surrounding threats and vulnerabilities and risks. Um, I know in my experience that's quite a big, complex, huge issue for IT managers and junior IT managers for a lot of people in, in the industry. So how is it that you really honed in on those areas and made them digestible for the readership that you had in mind? 
one of the most important things for me is about getting that awareness out, you know, to the, the different IT teams and the different people in, you know, your organization as quickly as possible. Often risk assessments, you know, they, they take a long a long time. You've got to go, you've got to speak to different teams, you've got to, you know, look at different viewpoints. Um, you've got to come up with some system of scoring those risks so you can prioritize them. Um, you know, and you, you end up producing a massive report that you share with everyone. More often than not, you know, it's not fully read and not fully understood. I've always found it's a lot better, or, you know, you're a lot more effective in your role if you spend maybe an hour around with the relevant experts with a whiteboard and you play devil's advocate and you just throw up risks, you know, things you think could go wrong or through your experience, things that have gone wrong in the past as a starter to get those people, you know, I suppose worrying and thinking and, you know, building mitigations against kind of the obvious risks. So that's, that's kind of where, where I want to get people is, look, let's, let's get some, you know, risks written down. Let's agree those risks, you know, speak to your IT managers, have these sorts of things happened in the past, what have you done to mitigate them in the past, um, and work from there because, you know, the security guy, you know, you, you know, talking kind of in a fear of uncertainty and, you know, a FUD, doubt um, perspective doesn't really help with the engagement, but if you can kind of talk with them on that risk level, say, look, this is a risk, what controls do we need to put in place, that, that is really where you're going to add value in your role, and it's really important to get there you know, as quickly as possible because that's where you're going to be most effective. Absolutely. And is it, is it something that you experienced firsthand? Did somebody take you through that method or is it something that you thought, you know what, well, I need someone to build a scenario with me where I can relate and understand um, the risks and controls to put in place? Yeah, so, you know, in the past, you, you know, the, the business has decided they want to build, you know, whatever project you know whether it's a website online service whatever that may be and that's kind of you know if if you're fortunate in security because more often than not you're brought in at the end you know that that's when you get involved with the project now you know if your organization mandates that you use certain kind of risk methodologies to kind of derive and manage those risks then that's great but you've got that lead time between you understanding what the project is about and what they're trying to deliver and you defining those risks and coming up with a, a treatment plan, you may have missed kind of early opportunities to get your controls in place. And not only that, as kind of the industry moves towards a you know more of an agile approach, um, by the time I kind of got my report, you know, to the development team, um, you know, if they're working in two-week sprints, an awful lot could have changed. You know, my my risk, you know, my set of risks and risk treatment plan is out of date by kind of being agile, by talking to the people on the ground, by, you know, getting a, I suppose, a set of quick and dirty risks on the table for the, the project to think about, you're from the very start improving the way, you know, they're working. And, and also, you're, you're not producing what I call shelfware. Big, massive reports, you know, if, if they're of high quality, great. But they're only going to be of value if they're being read and acted upon. Um, when the reality is I can give you, you know, a small amount of information each day and you can go away and act upon those and, you know, like I say, you, you can add a lot more value to a project in that way. Um, in your book, you talk a lot about uh, a security culture and addressing that. Um, is it a previous experience or, or something you've noticed when you've gone on site that, that colleagues and staff struggle with the concept of information security? 
And how would you combat? How do you combat that? Often the, the, the I suppose the, there's one of many problems, or you know, many problems going on in the area. So, um, you know, different disciplines, you know, in an, an organisation, they're, they're very focused on their area. So, you know, software developers are focused on the code. Um, you know, your network experts are focused on the network. Um, you know, in, in whatever you know disciplines you've got on there, they're, they're focused on their part. Risks need to be kind of managed, you know, across the project. You know, they need to be thought about in kind of you know all areas. You know, if your software developers don't account for, I don't know, an SQL injection attack, that could well lead to the network being compromised after an attack is able to get a foothold. So you know, you need to make sure you cover the piece. Um, and if you start from the top down, you know, you speak to management, you need to almost take their fears and I suppose turn them into technical requirements that you know the software developers and network engineers can actually implement in order you know to allay those fears to manage those risks but on the other side of that you you need to speak to those technical specialists on the ground to understand the problems you know they're having for example you know are those controls you know easily implementable are they possible you know are they going to cause other problems to the system um, you know, are they expensive? Are they going to delay the project? And kind of pass those back up, you know, the management chain. Those decisions can be kind of traced all the way through to implementation and feedback is passed up, you know, once they are implemented. The other issue is really, you know, you, you need that engagement with not, not just only management, but with, you know, the development teams, you know, the technical specialists on the ground. You know, you're, you're, you're only going to get to find out what's really going on once you start to develop that. That, you know that relationship where you almost build a trust, where people will come to you and tell you about problems, you know, potentially they see coming up or things that have happened in the past. So you're you're aware of what's going on fully across the project, not just in certain areas. And and also it's it's about kind of once you get that trust, they're not going to see you as someone that's come down. You know, you've made up you know a load of risks that they don't really understand or they don't see happening. They see value in the controls you're advising they implement, you know, they you know, they think great, you know, this is going to help us build a better system. Whereas if you don't have that engagement, you're just adding more work, you know, to probably what's already quite you know a large amount of work already on the team. So that's kind of where the value comes from once you build that culture and that trust. Um talking about risk management, as you've mentioned and as we touched on that it's quite a quite a big pain point for most organizations. Um, how does your book enable project owners to carry out risk assessments from scratch? I mean, are you able to handhold them through the entire process? Do you provide their examples in the book? I think, I think the big advantage is, you know, the, the method I'm kind of suggesting is about keeping it simple. You know, there's no magic formula to what I'm kind of suggesting. You know, any of us could read that chapter and go away and, you know, start to, you know, derive risks and, you know, give them a likelihood score, give them an impact score based on our organisation. Kind of by keeping it simple means that when you go and speak to the different people in the organisation, you can say, look, this is my methodology. We could possibly condense it onto, a, you know, a single sheet of paper. Um, these are the risks. And you can talk them through how you came up with those risks, how you scored those risks. Um, you know, so it's not seen as a dark car. I haven't you know, spent a week interviewing people and then disappeared for another week and then come back with a big report. It's almost the fact that the process is um, transparent to those people who you're trying to get to buy in. And I, I think that's kind of 
where the real value is. I mean, my, my personal experience is often likelihood is a smaller kind of part of risk management versus impact. Often if you can describe a risk and describe what the impact would be if the risk is realized, that's usually enough to get someone on board to say, okay, you know, okay, what are our options? How can we stop this from happening? Because let's face it, if it's a one in a million, you know, million chance and it happens to, you know, you're the millionth person it happens to and, you know, you lose all your IT, the, the likelihood kind of aspect of risk scoring kind of goes out the window at that point. I mean, the other thing, you know, and I make clear in my book is when you start scoring risks, the, the scores you give risks are only really useful when you're comparing, you know, similar risks or similar systems to each other. If I compared, I don't know, the, the risks to an online website versus um, the risks to an, an inter internally developed and deployed system, the, the meanings couldn't be very different. So I suppose what I'm saying is, you know, when you start comparing the risks in different systems, you know, be careful that you're not comparing apples and pears. My kind of personal view is I only start to score risks, you know, when I have, say, a list of 100, and I know I'm only going to get enough resource to fix, say, 50 of them or, you know, manage 50 of them. So then it's a case of me, okay, we need to rank these in some way and work out which ones are, you know, most likely to cause the most damage to us, and that's where we're going to focus ourselves. So, yeah, keep it simple. You know, you, you get so much more buy-in. You're going to achieve a lot more. Well, thank you very much, Tom, for your time today as um, on our podcast. And for thank anybody you. interested, the Information Security and Practical Guide is available on our website, idgovernance.co.uk, and further information will follow in the blog post attached.